Hey, yo, what's up, everybody? I'm CT. I'm Kyle, and you're listening to What's Up, Nephew? Powered by Athletes 360. Oh, what's up? Oh, what's up? Oh, what's up? Oh, what's up? I'm like, what's up? Where you been? What you know about? Oh, no. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up with you? What's up, nephew? Hello? Hey, what's up, nephew? You ready to get started? Yeah, I'm ready. Yeah, man. So today was the first day of school, first day back. Virtual school. How was it? Horrible. Horrible. <laughs> what happened, man? The system, the system kept crashing on us. Um, I probably got logged out like twenty different times. Um, at one point, I kept trying to refresh my page and let me log in. I fell asleep, but I went back up. Oh man! And the system still was down. <laughs> so. Oh man! So how does it work, anyway. like? Y'all like change classes. You go different logins, or the teacher just comes into y'all's room. Different logins. Okay, that's pretty cool. I hope it gets better yeah. as the week goes on. Yeah, I hope so too. <laughs> All right, everybody, what's up? Um, we got a another exciting show for y'all today. We're gonna talk a little bit about Dame Dollars and how he's been getting busy um, in this NBA bubble. We're gonna find out which Pac Five Pac Five conferences have decided not to play fall sports this season, and we're gonna talk a little bit about our athlete of the week, Steve Kerr. So let's jump right in. All right. So first, we got this for that questions, and my first question I like to ask is, who's the best guard in the league right now, Damian Lillard or Stephen Curry? Mm, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, I mean, it's hard to say. Like, you know, at first, my automatic response would be like Damian Lillard, right? But that's because he's still playing right now. I mean, you still can't count mm-hmm. against Steve. Steve. I mean, Stephen Curry. Like Stephen Curry is probably. I'm gonna go with Stephen Curry. Stephen Curry is um the best guard in the league, right? I mean, nobody can stop. That behind the back pull up, um, and I mean his shot, some three pointers. I mean he didn't have his greatest season this year. I mean he was on a down team, a down the whole team had a down season. But I think right now he's between those two. I think he's still the best guard. Yeah, I'm gonna have to agree with you. My eyes, I think that Sam Curry is still the best guard because also not only is she that good of a player, but he also has accolades to back himself up. So he got the MVP, he got the scoring titles, he got the NBA championships. He has all this stuff, has all these accolades that could back up his greatness. So um, a lot of people, they might say that, oh, um, if Stephen Curry were to go to another team, he wouldn't do this, he wouldn't do that. But, okay. Look at his accolades. He's a great player. You put him on a decent team, he's going to take him to the promised land. Put him on a bad team, they might not go all the way, but, you know, to the playoffs at least. So, right, I right. like Stephen Curry is the greatest point guard in the league right now. And Damian Lillard, he's been balling right now, but he really don't got the accolades to back himself up. And, yeah, yeah. that's just how I feel. 
All right, so my next question. Um, um, best college rivalry: UNC versus Duke or Michigan versus Ohio State? Ooh. You know, I mean, I may be a little biased on this one. You know, me being from Virginia, you know, I was close, you know, to Tobacco Road. So, you know, whenever, you know, Duke UNC came on TV, you know, it came on my TV. So that rivalry to me is is probably the best rivalry. I mean, you know, I've seen some good throughout the history, seen a lot of good um, Ohio State-Michigan games. But for me, I'm going to have to go to UNC Duke. You know, just the intensity to go into those places, you know, for UNC to go into Cameron Indoor Stadium and, you know, in that hostile environment and, you know, pull out wins and then switch it up and go for them to go to Duke to go on UNC. And, you know, how they just battle on the court. It was like they did not like each other, you know, for that short period of time. It was just like, like they wanted to kill each other. And I just loved every minute of it. And I'm also geared to you again. I feel like UNC versus Duke. I'm more of a bas- I'm a basketball player, and I feel like the Michigan versus Ohio State their rivalry, like in basketball, isn't as big. It's their football games that's like a really really big rivalry. To me. That's true. And so I tune in. I tune into the UNC versus Duke game because basketball is my sport, and I like that sport more than football. So I pay attention to that game way more. And I feel like last season when they played, that game was so exciting. Trey Jones hit that crazy shot. Duke was down. UNC was up the whole game. And UNC didn't even have a good season last year. And Duke was good. And UNC had the lead on him the whole game. And then Duke, Trey Jones hit that amazing shot, went off in overtime, and Duke won the game. So I feel like UNC and Duke is, in my eyes, is a better college rivalry. That's true. And and that's the thing about – hold on real quick. And and, Sorry. (laughs) I got one more thing to say. That's the thing about about these robberies, right? So, like, even if one team is having a down season, they're going to get up for this game. They're going to give this team their very best. Yeah. And, like, like for real, for, like, every – before um, Harborough got to um, Michigan, you know, they've had some down years in football, Michigan has. So, but they always got up to play a little bit. Sometimes they didn't get up as much as they should have, but they always got up to play against Ohio State. So that's what both makes both of those rivalries great. Yeah. All right, next question. Um, Which conference produces the best football players, NFL football players, SEC or ACC? Hmm. Uh, when I think about it, you know, if I, if I got to think about – I'm gonna have to go with the SEC. You know, when I, so like just right off pitch, right off hand, when I think about ACC great players, I got to think about Charlie Ward. Did you even know Charlie Ward played football? Did you know that he played for um the Knicks? No. Yeah, so Charlie Ward he came out of ACC. Um, you got Lawrence Taylor out the ACC, and then I, I was about to say Michael Vick. I was about to say Michael Vick, but he was in the Big East at the time. Then you got um Tory Holt. Lamar Jackson. Then you got who? Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, yeah, yeah, new school. I mean, but I don't think their body at work as is great as coming out of the SEC. Like when I think about the SEC, I got Herschel Walker. I mean, you got Cam Newton. You gotta throw in Tim Tebow, Bo Jackson, um, those are some Peyton Manning. 
So, you know, I think those, and that's just the short list, right? Those are probably just some of the greatest that came out. Then if you go all the way to today and look at some of the products that they put in the NFL even this year, I'm going to have to go with the SEC. Who you got? I'm going to go with the SEC, too. Um, the reason I'm going to go with the SEC is because I always see SEC on top. Most of the time, I always see an SEC team in the championship. All those players you just named, SEC, I feel like, has produced way better NFL players than SEC has. So, yeah, I'm going to go with SEC. Okay. All right. My last and final question. I'm going to switch it up. It's not okay. answer that. It's called cop or drop. All right. So, I'm going to ask you a question about these shoes. They're called right. The Land Before Tom Eight. <laughs> you talk about that picture that you sent me earlier today? Yes, the New Yeezys. I'm going to have to go with a drop. Them things are ugly. <laughs> Big drop. Oh, man. So, so just to let everybody know, so if you if you go... Yesterday, I guess sometime, Kanye, you know, he tweeted a prototype of some new Yeezys he's working on. And Makai sent me these pictures. I mean, if I tell you these look like book, Bigfoot feet, but orange, <laughs> I mean, these chunks are horrible. How would you describe them, Makai? Uh, I don't even know how I can describe these. Like, <laughs> to, in my eyes, these are so bad. Like, it looked like he just took them and he ain't been through mud. <laughs> um, it, it looked like they, they had metal on it and the metal then rusted up. Like, <laughs> these shoes are bad. But people gonna buy them for sure. All right, you know. I'm dropping. But my eyes, that's a drop. Big drop. Big drop. Yeah, I would too. I would be embarrassed to be seen in person with these shoes on. <laughs> All right, so moving on to the next segment. What's NNA? What's NNA? What's NNA? 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 All right, so let's jump right into some NBA news. Guy, what do you want to talk about? All right, so what I like to talk about is Dame Tom. Damian Lillard has been going off his last point. 45, 30 points and 16 assists, and 61 points last night. Yo, dude he has been killing me. Yeah, he's been balling. <laughs> like, that's a beast right there. I just, I feel like players have been talking trash to him, players have been sleeping on him. I just feel like they didn't put him in a different mold right now, and I just feel like his mentality is just different right now. Yeah, I agree. I, um... I actually kind of wish that um, they had the Clippers in the first round, the way, you know, him and Paul George and Patrick yeah. Mellon February went in in that last game. But, you know, yeah. one of the things that I saw, you know, I saw an interview with um, Dame Dollar today, and um, he talked about, you know, dropping 61 points. And I don't know if you know, but because he dropped 61 points, Adidas dropped all of his signature sneakers to the, to the price point of $61. So if you go on – you know, at Adidas site right now, you can get a pair of Dame Lillard for $61. You know, he just talked oh, about, like that. you know, yeah, that's dope. Like, he talked about how, you know, growing up, you know, where he grew up from, he couldn't really afford 
you know, all the star players, signature shoes. Like, he couldn't afford the Jays and those type of things when they came out. So, you know, it was important to him when he got a signature shoe to make it an affordable shoe. So, you know, I think his shoe is probably, what, about 110, 115, something like that. And, you know, he was like, you know, Adidas, they helped him out even more, helped those people out even more and dropped it down um, to $61 to signify this big moment in his career. And, you know, he was just like, you know, now, you know, people that, little kids that grew up like him, they can afford to get his shoes. So I thought that was, like, super dope for him to even think about doing something like that. Mm. That's fun. Yeah, that is dope. I like that. I like that. I like that a lot, actually. And my team yeah. sponsored by Adidas. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm at the church. Oh man. But, so, so yeah. So like you know, I guess you know the, today is like the final day of games, and you know the NBA is about to you know kind of set its playoff picture. So, what what matchup are you looking forward to, or you think should happen? Um, I mean. Yeah, like you said, I really did want to see um, Portland versus the Clippers. But sadly, that's not going to happen because the Lakers might have to play Portland or Miles, I think, Phoenix. Mm. And what I want to know is if you were, like, the Lakers coach or something like that or you were a player, um, who wouldn't you want to see, Phoenix or Portland? Who wouldn't? Who would not? Yes, who would not? Like, who wouldn't you want to see right now? Okay, um, I wouldn't want to see the Blazers, to be honest. I mean, they're on a tear. You got Dame Lillard, you know. Like, he, he feel like he got something to prove. Like, at the interview, he was like, you know, I ain't come come to the bubble for nothing. You know, I came yeah. to ball out or whatever. And, and he's showing that. And then you got you to gotta talk about my boy, Skinny Mello. Carmelo, you know, he's been on another <laughs> level. And it's good to actually see him get back into the playoffs. Like, I hope, you know, they can get this this HC so they can actually get into the playoffs because I'd be excited to see, you know, a playoff mellow. So, I think that's dope. I'm excited. So, what about you? Am I um, – I wouldn't want to play Phoenix. Mm. And the reason why I'm going to say I wouldn't want to play Phoenix is because Phoenix has been on a roll. Devin Booker has been on a roll. He's averaging like 30-something points. They've been playing well as a team. They've been beating teams pretty bad. With a, the OKC, they was on a roll. They beat OKC by like 27. Right. They've been beating these top teams with ease. That's what it's been looking like. I really feel like they really only struggle game was really the Clippers, and it came down to neck and neck. And a Mavericks, but Clippers is really more of an excited game. But Devin Booker, he's been on a roll lately. Phoenix as a team, they all, they've all been clicking. They've been playing real, real good together. And the reason why I'm not saying Portland is because CJ McCollum, he's not 100% right now. And that's one of the yeah. stars. That's one of the main players. And him not being 100%, I don't think game can take on the Lakers by itself. I, you might have a point there. Lakers, they they are a good group. That's a good team, and I don't think Dame gonna be able to compete by itself going against LeBron and AD. So, Skinny Mello, Skinny Mello, but <laughs> Skinny Mello, he been balling, but 
I don't think that's going to be enough to beat LeBron and AD. And I, the way that Phoenix has been clicking, I know they're young. A lot of their players have never been in the playoffs. That's the thing that's going to hurt them. But the way they're clicking right now and the way the Lakers aren't really clicking right now, I feel like Phoenix got an advantage on them. And I feel like it would be a good series. So, okay. All right, that's so, what so if you had to pick, so say, for instance, it's Lakers-Blazers, who you got winning and I mean, how many games? I got Lakers in four. If they play the Blazers, all right. What about yes. if they play the Blazers? I got, I got Lakers in six. If they play the Blazers, nah, nah, I got Lakers in five, five, five. Okay, Lakers in five. I got Lakers in six. All right, if they play Phoenix. What you got? Phoenix six. Lakers in six. If they play Phoenix, I got Lakers in four. Them I young boys can't handle it. They ain't got no experience. Give me Lakers. They got, <laughs> but the, but the Phoenix got that chemistry right now. They clicking. Give me Lakers and four. They know each they other's spots. They've been balling defense. They've been doing their thing. DeAndre Ayton, he been showing up real, real big in the paint, getting a lot of blocks, getting rebounds, doing everything he needed to do. Devin Booker pulling from half court. Yeah. And with no problem, like, I just, I feel like Phoenix, they're going to shock the world. And I feel like Devin Booker also got something to prove. Because this year, he wasn't even really supposed to be an all-star. Yeah, that's true. But we'll see. was supposed to be an all-star. We'll, we'll, by next podcast, we'll have the playoff picture and we can really just talk about it and really talk about these matchups. All right, so let's move on to some Power 5 conference news. Um, As of today... Um, as as we as we're recording this podcast, the Big Twelve has decided that they're going to go ahead and proceed proceed with some, with fall sports. I think they're going to say they're going to start playing fall sports in September. And then you have other conferences. You got the ACC and the SEC. They're still on the fence. They're thinking about proceeding, but you know they haven't made a final decision yet. And then you wanted to talk a little more about the other two conferences. Um, I wanted to talk about Pac-12 and Big Ten. So, um, Big Ten, they canceled they, both 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 conferences canceled their football season, but Pac-12 actually went ahead and canceled their basketball season, and that's really the first major conference to do it. So, that kind of caught my eye. And do you feel like it's too early for them to cancel it, or do you feel like it's good that they canceled it? Um. Yeah, so I saw that. I saw, you know, that they said Pac-12 said no sport through 2020. So they didn't necessarily cancel. Um, well, they pushed it back. Yeah, they pushed it back. So no sports through 2020. I I agree. I just don't understand, like, how all the conferences aren't on the same page. Like, this is crazy to me. So one conference <laughs> says they're going to go ahead and play. We got two that's like, we don't know what to do. We don't know what to do. And then the two is like, all right, we canceling it. So, you know, I think it's just – I think it's really crazy. I don't really understand it. But I think everybody else needs to follow suit behind the back, the, pack, the Big 12, the Big 10 and the Pac-12. I think everybody needs to follow them in canceling the season. So, you know, with this cancellation, you know, you've seen a lot of players from those conferences, you know, they feel in some type of way. You know, they got the hashtag, we want to play. You know, I saw um, Justin Fields um, tweeted the other day 
shaking my head to estimate because, <laughs> you know, he's mad that they canceled the season. Um, what, what are your thoughts about the players' re- reaction to the cancellation of the season? Um, I, I feel why they're saying, like, why they're mad and all that stuff about the cancellation. But I feel like this is the safest route for them. Right. For them not to catch the virus and stuff like that, I feel like that their conference is looking out for them. Maybe not their career, but I feel like they're looking out for their health. Yeah. This virus is very deadly, so I feel like they're just focused on their career right now, but their conference is mainly focused on their health. Because you can't get to the NFL if you're sick and you didn't, you couldn't survive the virus because you yeah. wouldn't just play and catch it and stuff like that. So I feel like they, they're they looking at the long run more than what's going on right now. They're looking at you being able to still pursue your career after all this stuff is done. So Yeah, I agree. Um, My thing is, you know, a lot of players are, you know, you know, they, they're they not too far removed from being high schoolers. So, to me, they still are kids. You know, they can't make these types of decisions, like, that could be, you know, to me, life or death. And, um, yeah. you know, they, they, they're, they're not that far removed for, you know, begging their parents for pets and, you know, promising – We'll take care of the pet. I feed it and I walk it every day. <laughs> and then when they get the pet, the parents are doing all that. So how how can they promise us that they, if we play, we're gonna stay in the bubble? We're not. We're just gonna go straight to our room. We're not gonna party and all those type of things. So yeah, I agree yeah. that you know you know get in need to cancel it. Um, I think players, like you said, you know the players and the coaches, they're just worried about their careers. You know they just see you know, football, you know, like playing football. We can we could keep our players safe. But I think they that's a very limited view. I think they gotta, you know, think about what kind of impact this will have, you know, on the community, on the communities that they go to that they have to travel to, on the communities they're in. Because, you know, I don't know if you know this, but um a custodian at the University of Georgia, he died from COVID nineteen. Mm. So we don't I don't know like if he got COVID-19 from work or not. But I do know that not too long ago, students at the University of Georgia were partying and, you know, not social distancing and not wearing masks and going to bars and stuff. And that same custodian had to clean up behind those kids. So that will be some of the same things that will happen, you know, when these football players go out to the town, right, go out in the community, go shopping, you know, go to different bars and all those type of things. So, like, you know, I, I think it's tough, and I think they got to have a, a bigger view, and they got to show that they're more concerned not just about themselves but about their communities. Man, yeah. look, I could talk about this, like, all day. Like, you know, I'm really, <laughs> I'm really on a soapbox, man. And then the other thing is, like, I've also seen that a lot of players said that they feel safer in a controlled environment on campus, Um playing football than they will back at home. Nobody said that they had to go home. Like, we just said you can't <laughs> play football right now. So, really, I'm, I'm I'm being serious right now. So, if if they really are safer on their campuses, I think the campuses should open up for them, right? Give them a place to stay mm-hmm. where they can be safe. But they still don't need to play football. Everything else doesn't yeah. need to be open. So, I mean, if, if they feel like they can be safer. But I don't think it, it really makes sense to play such a close – contact sport 
And then the other thing, yeah. um, the last thing that I wanted to say it did you know, if if we if we allow, you know, these sports teams, these football teams just to play football if and we say that they're student athletes, but we say that student athletes can't go on campus right now and they can't go to class safely, they have to do everything online. They need to stay where they are. We're are we saying that college athletes aren't student athletes anymore? Or are we just saying we care about the money? We care about, you know, mm. um, we care about, you know, just making this money, how much money we can make off of them playing. So if that's the case, let's not make them student athletes no more. Let's remove them from the schools and let's pay them, right? Let's put them in yeah. a bubble. Let's make some money. Let's put them in a bubble just like they do in the NFL and the NBA. Because that's the other thing. People are, keep comparing it. Like, you see the NBA done it. The NFL is going to do it. MLB. But they pay, they're, those are professional athletes. Like, yeah. We don't let student athletes make any other decisions, right? About we can't they can't make money off of their likeness, you know, they can't work, they can't do none of these things. So are you telling us that they are they're essential workers? Are you telling us that they mm. um athletes are you te- are you are you telling us that? Because if you are, let's go ahead and shake this whole thing up. Let's go ahead and shake it up and pay them. <laughs> That's how I mm. feel about it. Yeah. But uh, that's enough. Like I'm off that. my soapbox. I'm off my soapbox. What'd you say? I said I didn't think about it like that. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. Like I've been thinking about holding this one in for a while, so I had to get all that off. Uh-huh. <laughs> all right, so let's move on to our next segment of the day. And now the athlete of the week. All right, so this week's athlete is Steve Kerr. So I know you know Steve Kerr. So when I say the name. Steve Kerr, what comes to mind, okay? Steve Kerr, um, Warriors coach, NBA coach right now. Um, he won some titles with – he played with Michael Jordan, won some titles with the Bulls. Um, I know he won with the Spurs. Honestly, when I hear Steve Kerr, I just think about basketball. Right. Okay. Exactly. All right, so you saw a little bit of, about the documentary. So, like, you want to talk a little bit about what you saw in that? And that, um, I seen that. Day. Yeah, um, and that, I seen, like, how really he, he grew up in Beirut. His father passed away when he was young, well, was about to go to college. Um, He wasn't highly recruited Um, coming out of high school and stuff like that. And when he was in the NBA, he wasn't a star. He played his role. And he took his role super serious, and I feel like he was a very key component of the Bulls winning a lot of championships. So, yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. So, yeah, like um, like you said, Steve Kerr, he was born in on September 27, 1965, in Beirut, Le- Lebanon. Um, like you said, he was minimally recruited out of high school and took a last a last minute offer from the University of Arizona to play college ball. And then, you know, there he was he ended up being a, a two time all Pac Ten performer. And he also was a all American at CAE. And then in 1988, he was drafted in the second round by the Suns. And like you said, <laughs> he had a solid career as a, a role player, winning five championships, three with the Bulls, two with the Spurs. So after his fifteen year career he retired and went into broadcasting. Then he went became a general manager for the Suns for a bit a minute. Then he went back to broadcasting and then 
he's in a position that he is in now. In 2014, he became the head coach of the Golden State Warriors. And as a coach, so far he's won three rings and an yep. NBA Coach of the Year award. So, but for me, you know, you know, it's always been like the things that Steve Kerr said, you know, all the, like he's always compassionate and, you know, he's able to, you know, resonate and, and identify with his players and with people in the, in this country. And, you know, that, that's what's done for me. That's what makes him really stand out. And I just want everybody to take a minute to listen to Steve Kerr right I think it's just typical of the NFL. Um, you know, they're just playing to their fan base, and they're just, uh, you know, basically trying to use the anthem as uh, fake patriotism, um, nationalism, uh, scaring people. Um, it's idiotic, but that, that's how the NFL has handled their business. And uh, I'm proud to be in a league that understands patriotism in America is about free speech and about um, peacefully protesting. Um, and I think our leadership in the NBA understands that um, when the NFL player, players were kneeling, they were kneeling to protest police brutality, to pr protest racial inequality. They weren't disrespecting the flag or the military, but our president decided to make it about that. The NFL followed suit, um, pandered to their fan base, uh, created this hysteria. It's kind of what's wrong with our country right now. Is we're to, you know, people in high places are trying to divide, um, divide us, uh, divide loyalties, make this about the flag, um, as if the flag is, something other than uh, what it really is. It's, it's a representation of what we're about, which is diversity and peaceful protests and ability to right to free speech. So it's really ironic, actually, what the NFL is doing. So, yeah, so that's who Steve Curry is. He's always has a timely message. He always has, to me, a powerful message. And, and you know, from watching the documentary, you know, that's what we learned. I learned that he got it from his parents, you know, although his, you know, father, you know, unexpectedly was murdered. Um, he was a um, president of university in um, Lebanon, the American university. And he was um, murdered while, you know, Steve Kerr was in college. And, you know, that was an unfortunate situation, but a part of the reason why, you know, he was targeted is because, you know, his dad was a, a, a activist, you know, he was pretty vocal about, you know, certain issues that was going on in Lebanon at the time, you know, then we find out that his mom was a professor. So it was like, Oh, okay. So, you know, you learn a little bit about like, okay, this is where Steve, Steve Curry gets some of this compassion and now he's able to resonate mm -hmm. with others and those types of things. So then, you know, as I was doing this research, I was like, Oh snap, his compassion and, and who at the core of who Steve Curry is, you know, goes like even further. So in the 1920s, Steve Kerr's grandparents, they saved thousands of Armenians during the Armenian Genocide. Um, I don't know if you ever heard of that. So the Armenian Genocide was a systematic mass murder and and expulsion of Armenians um, in Turkey. So it was basically like 
the Holocaust. You know, you know what the Holocaust is, right? Yes. So this is like the Holocaust for Armenia. So the, and mm. this was happening um, in Turkey in the twenties, and Steve Curry's grandparents they um, cared for nearly ten thousand orphans, um, and you know gave them some protection. You know they they um, protected them and kept them from being killed in Turkey during this time. So you know I was like, you know they put their lives on the line for people that they ain't know. They didn't know, and I believe. You know that that's what Steve Kerr got his compassion for, from. Mm. So, you know, because like during during our throughout his career, you know, Steve Kerr he's been he's spoken up about Colin Kaepernick, the kneeling controversy, which you just heard. He's spoken out about you know Donald Trump's insensitive rhetoric. Um, he's advocated for gun control, strong gun control laws in this country. He's even went as far as to suggest the use of, you know, medicinal marijuana over painkillers, you know, over pain pills, because, you know, a lot of people are dying over pain pills. So he was like, you know, what about this another alternative? And, you know, he also was really, um, he spoke spoke out about Trump's travel ban, you know, against the seven Muslim-majority countries when um, Trump did that. And then one of the things that I also, you know, learned about Steve Curry is that he started – um, the Malcolm Kerr Family Scholarship Fund. That's in, in honor of his father, in which he's donated over six hundred thousand dollars to, and it's helped a, a, a lot of kids um, go to college. He's able to help you know students in underrepresented communities um, attain a higher education. Yeah, so like one of the I really like Steve Kerr. You know, I really you know was like okay, so. You know, I, you know, when when Steve Kerr was playing, growing up, when he was playing with the Bulls, when he was playing with the Spurs, you know, it was just like, oh, yeah, I like this guy, you know. He's like the underdog. You know, I really didn't know a lot about him. But then, you know, when he became a coach, well, first when he was a broadcaster, he was like, you know, Steve Kerr, you know, he's, you know, he has a way with words. You know, I really like some of the things that he says. But then as he became a coach and he began, you know, become more vocal, I was like, yo, I really like this dude. I wonder what his story is. And <laughs> he has a pretty amazing story. So I was going to ask you, like, what do you think makes Steve Kerr an athlete? Um, being that he's not afraid to speak out. Um, he's a white person speaking out for black people. I really like that. And I just feel like he doesn't follow up behind people. He speaks his mind. He speaks in what he believes in. And I really do like that about him. And that's what I feel like makes him an athlete. Right. Yeah, and, and he also just uses his platform, right? Like, yeah. it. I don't think some of the stuff that he would say would have came from a more perfect person than, like, America's team, right? You know, everybody loves to go to State Warriors. You know, yeah. they got this little point guard that shoots threes, which everybody feels, feels <laughs> like they can do. You know what I'm saying? They got this little hothead on their team named Draymond Green that everybody resonates with. <laughs> Um, yeah. So yeah, I think you know it was it was America's team, so that's America's coach, and I and I really love how he's used his platform, um, to to voice you know his displeasure with some of these issues that are going on in our country. Um, so you know how I talked about like the legacy of his family. You know, I talked about how this really actually started with his grandparents, um, in Turkey, and then it went on to his father and his mother. So I was going to ask you, like, do you think 
Curry is prouder to win those eight championship rings or the legacy he's carrying on of his family? I feel like the legacy of his family. Yeah. Because, like, I feel like that, I feel like that's kind of, like, his duty to be, like, my family, we've been doing this for years. Why would I be the one to give up the tradition? Like, the rings, he could really care less about that when he's out here trying to fight for other people. That's how I feel. Yeah. So. Yeah, I agree. I believe, you know, in a lot of ways, um, people use their skill set that they're blessed with to 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 advance their cause or to advance things that they believe in. So, like, here we got, you know, Steve Kerr. He was a talented athlete, you know, was able to have a, a successful career. Um, you know, he got into broadcasting, so that means, you know, he has to have a way of words. He can he can speak very well to, to you know, people, you know, listen to what he says. And then he was a hell of a coach on a hell of a team. So, like, I think – so he established himself, right, to be this great person and to have this platform. And then, you know, he was able to use that platform to carry on the legacy of being compassionate and caring for others. So I thought that was pretty dope. Um, So speaking of legacies, like – when it's all said and done, when you, I'm, I'm not gonna take you to your, 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 your life's legacy. But when you're done with your high school career, right now you're a, a sophomore in high school. When your high school career is all said and done, what do you want your legacy to be? Mm. How do I want my legacy to be? I want people to be able to talk, talk about me and be like, Makai. Being at the school that he went to, he fought for a change. Like he wanted, he wanted to change things. He wanted to change the environment and the culture in that school. And he also was a real, real hardworking person. He was very passionate in the things that he did. And I mean, I feel like if people could say that about me, it'll make kids love me and just look up to me. So, yeah. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it, and I and I actually think that you're well on your way with it. You know, I remember you told me about the time when. You know, a part of the leadership program that you're a part of, you help orchestrate. You know, getting st- more students to go to the to the girls' basketball games. You know, to have give them more support, and I think that's dope. Yeah. And I think, you know, that that's one of the things that you should continue to to do to show that you're about change and making you know your school a better place. Like that. So that was our athlete of the week, Steve Kerr. So let's move on to our next segment of the day. Uncle nephew. All right, so our next segment is Ask Unc and Nephew. And this week's question comes from Ray in South Carolina. And it says, my nephew is currently playing rec ball, but has been approached to start playing travel ball. When is a good age to begin playing travel ball, and what are the pros and cons? So, Makai, I wanted you to go first. And I just, you know, I know you started playing um, travel ball at a pretty young age. You're like, you know, let's talk a little bit about your experiences playing travel ball and, and, like, what did you like and what you didn't like. Go ahead. Um, in my life, to answer your questions, I feel, to answer your question, I feel like that you should play travel ball as young as possible. Mm. Me, I started at a young age, but I didn't start at the age that a lot of the kids, a lot of kids my age did start. 
I started in fourth grade. I was like nine or ten, I believe so. And I was behind. I was behind a lot of the players. Um, I couldn't really use my left hand like other kids could. Um, I really didn't know what to do in a lot of moments and times. I didn't really have an IQ as the other players did because I started later than them. So I felt like they did have an advantage over me. And I felt like coming into AU, I felt I was the man because I was used to being the man in rec. Because rec is a whole different type of basketball than AAU is. So I felt like I was so good. And then when I came to AAU, kind of killed my confidence. And it also humbled me because it was like, it was players that was out there that was better than me. Mm. So it forced me to work harder. So if I were to have a kid or even you, I feel like that you should you should try to play AAU as young as possible. So if you being approached to play right now, I say go for it and take it, take the opportunity. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay, so that's the player's perspective. I like that. I like that. So now I'm going to give uh, a coach perspective. So for me, I feel like as long as your nephew is developing, like if 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 he's playing um, rec ball and he's he's he y'all have good coaches, a coach that you know developing him each season, he's getting better, a little bit better. He's learning the fundamentals more and more. I say keep him where he is. Um, for me, I feel like you shouldn't play travel ball until you're about twelve. You know, I think that's when you're developed. Um, you know, you should have a full skill set, and no matter what sports you play, you know, you're starting to get a little bit of muscles. You can, you got all your body control and all those type of things. And but if you aren't being developed, then I think you might should start to consider a different team. Not not necessarily travel ball, but I think you should consider finding a coach. You know, that's going to help. You know, keep advancing your your, your nephew each and every year. Um, you know, I think the pros of travel ball is like Makai said, it is a lot of talent. You know, mm-hmm. the best of the best are going to play, and then you also get the a chance to play. You know, the best talent sometimes all over the nation, sometimes, right? yeah. and you find out that you know they play ball a little different than Cali. Um, New Yorkers mm-hmm. do a little, do stuff a little different, so I think that is a good thing to experience. Um, but one of the kinds of travel ball is everybody and their daddy has a travel ball team. <laughs> yeah, so, it's true. That's the biggest con right there. So with that being said, it ain't you're not gonna always face that top talent like you 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 would have done when I was coming up. You know, you might be like, man, what is this team that we just played? You know, they don't have a good coach. <laughs> These players when they made the team. You know, if, if yeah. they became in our state, so those are the cons that you gotta work out, watch out for. So, you know, that's one of the things that I work out, I watch out for. So that's why I said that you shouldn't play until later. You know, that way, you know, because also one of the cons is travel ball is a lot of money, right? Yeah. So, so you you don't want to just be wasting your money. You know, if your kid is eight years old and you know you don't really know what you're gonna get into, so. You know, find a good coach. You know, when you're talking to coaches, interview them. You know, ask them, yes. you know, you know. Do research what, for sure. Exactly. You know, do research, interview the coaches, you know, ask them what they see, what are the flaws they see in your nephew's game, what he needs to work on. Um, ask them how do he plan on helping you develop it. 
and you know, do that. And not necessarily even with a travel ball coach. This is with any coach that you're looking to, to put your, your child with. And then, um, you know, with the travel ball, I think it's really mainly to me all about getting that high level competition. Um, it's like I said, so many balls, it's so many teams out there. You may be fortunate to find a good coach. Hopefully you can, but I think one of the things that you're looking for with that is let me get this high level of competition. So if you can get a, find a good coach in rec ball at a school that's going to develop your kid, put them with a rec team so you can get that competition. So, you know, Ray, I hope that answers your question. So that was a really good question, actually. Um, so, but God, so tell people how they can hit us up and give us questions, ask us questions um, for our next segment next week. Um, hit us up on Instagram or Twitter at Athletes360s, at 360, not 360s. Um, make sure to ask us a question that you feel like that we can help you with and answer. All right, thanks, man. So that was our show for today. You know, I'm sorry that I had to get on a little soapbox, but I'm really passionate about, you know, why these Power 5 schools haven't canceled the season yet. <laughs> but we had a great show. You know, I had a great time talking to you. I hope you have a better week at school. <laughs> and uh, before we leave, you know, I'm going to leave you all with this quote um, from Ralph, Ralph Waldo Emerson. And the quote says, to be yourself in a world that is constantly trying to make you something else is the greatest accomplishment. And Makai, what song are we closing with tonight? Tonight we'll be closing to Practice by the Baby. And why'd you choose this and song? I already right? know. I already knew you should ask that. Um, <laughs> it's kind of hard for me to come up with a reason on why I choose these songs. Because <laughs> a lot of rappers nowadays, they, they don't really rap about anything. It's like, it's not, they're not really talking about nothing. It's not specifically what they're talking about. So it's kind of hard for me to answer that question. So <laughs> I just, I like the song, and I've been rocking out to it, so I like it. Hey, so we're going to rock out with this song with my guy, man. We'll see y'all next week. All right, bye, y'all. Mingle the you saying the gold. I always had a thing for ghetto bitches with the trainers. I'm known to set it off like Queen Latifah. You want to make billboard, come get a feature. You fucking with baby, then yeah. Hot number, hot number. Number one song on the billboard. He still got a block with You ain't gonna never see me hate on no name. I think it's worth better. I'm trying to go shop with him. Yeah, what you need, little nigga. We having the bags of gas and they moving fast. And you can imagine that bitch on the way. My bro catch the pack like it's mad. Go! Having my way with the act. Come on. On the floor with a mattress They probably saying I'm not on y'all I feel like AI we talking about practice I be feeling like I don't be popping enough I be humble I'ma keep showing my ass if I want We talking about phone on AI block the number I told you don't play with me We talking about she be acting funny Probably thinking you can need I thought I was faithful She say I'm a cheat They thought I was taking I'm ready to mingle The bitches you saying let go What's up with you? Oh yeah What's up nephew?